Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nerd Nest Podcast. I'm Bill, and I'm joined today by Carrie, Russ, and Rich. And uh, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff today. Uh, But we're going to start off with uh the msi claw which i if i remember correctly i think we talked about a little bit last episode uh but what russ wasn't here and russ hadn't had hands on with it yet but he just got back from ces before we talk about the claw russ how was your trip man it was good you know i uh i went last year as well so this is not my first rodeo but man 135,000 people were there like it's just kind of crazy how many people were there uh i mean Wow. The whole COVID thing's just kind of, you know, gone now. Like, But still, it freaks me out a little bit when I see that many people in one spot. And so uh, that was that was kind of uh, a unique experience. But it was awesome. Like, uh, definitely more fruitful this time around than last year. Last year, it was just kind of me forcing my way into booths and, like, shaking hands and introducing myself. This time, it was a little bit different. You know, people knew who I was ahead of time. Uh, and I had, like, appointments scheduled with a lot of the bigger companies. And so... Uh, a lot of fun. I, I did walk in on one meeting on accident. So I <laughs> I was trying to find Hyperkin because they have that like uh, Sega Genesis controller thing that they, they've been working on. It's basically a Sega Nomad. And so I, I go into their place and it's like this private, it's like a hotel room in the Venetian, I think. And so there's like a lady at the front and she's like, oh, I think you need an appointment. And I... I <clears throat> I don't know. I didn't really believe her. I was like, I don't, it's hyperkin. Like, why would they need appointments? You know, <laughs> let me through Liddy. <laughs> right. Do so, you know who I am? <laughs> so I just kind of like, okay, thank you for the information. And then I just kind of walked around her and went anyway. And so I, I open up this room and I don't, I'm a rule follower, right? So I'm already a little nervous about this. So I open up the door to the room and they're like mid interview with a group of people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry and stuff. But they were really cool and accommodating and they did the whole spiel with me. Uh, and then I'm as I'm like talking to them, I glance over at the people that I interrupted and it was IGN. And I'm just like, oh, I'm <laughs> such a jerk. <laughs> so of all the people to like be on the wrong foot with. But other than that, it was great. I, you know, I, everything else was pre-scheduled and, and good. But yeah, it was a great time. That's yeah, they wrote, awesome. they wrote a review about that. They said, we saw Russ, we didn't like it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, Seven man. out of ten. We yeah. didn't like it. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, so you got hands on with the uh, the MSI Claw, the worst named thing uh, yeah. in 2024, I'm sure. Um, what, what do you th- what do you think of it uh, after having hands on time with it? Yeah, uh, so 
I, you know, me, I'm all I'm kind of skeptical guy, you know, and then also I'm very big on controls and whatnot. So obviously, obviously, number one, it was not a final review sample, like it's like uh, not ready for retail. Uh, so I kind of had to take everything in stride, but it feels a lot like an ROG Ally, at least when you pick it up. And it's really well balanced. Like I thought it was lighter than the Ally, but they say it's actually 60 grams heavier. So it's one of those things where the numbers are different than the expectation, which is kind of unique. Um, <clears throat> and then the controls themselves, every little bit of it is different than the ROG Ally. And so that was really unique to me. Oh, really? You look at it on paper and you're like, oh, this is just the same thing. But the buttons feel different. The D-pad feels different. Analog sticks are different. Triggers are different. Like everything feels different on that. And so uh, it's it's something that's going to require a little bit of nuance to describe, I think, when I do the review on it. But yeah, the triggers are a little more shallow. Um, the D-pad doesn't click, although it does have that same kind of feel to it. And then the face buttons are like tighter in the shell, more like a Steam Deck button. So I like that a lot. And uh, the analog sticks are like lighter in the, in the, on the thumbs, like they're kind of flicky feeling. I'm not sure if I like that or not. Felt a little bit cheaper than like on the Ally mm. or the Steam Deck. Um, but yeah, I, overall, I thought it was impressive. Uh, gameplay and stuff like that, like it's just so hard to f figure that out because they only let you play one game. And then uh, even then it's like so buggy just because everything's so new. Um, the software experience, like actually like bringing up the menus and stuff like that, exactly like the ROG Ally. Like you press the left one, it'll bring up the side menu, press the right one, it'll bring up the full menu. Like all that was very similar, but uh, still very early as well. So. Do you feel like, um, well, do we know the price of this thing? I can't remember off the top of my head. Seven and eight. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 758. Yep. Yeah. Do you guys think that this thing can compete with the ROG Ally coming in at the... Wait, isn't isn't the Ally seven hundred and then seven fifty, right? Seven. So yeah, this is this is where the price is a little bit confusing because seven hundred is for the base model MSI Claw, which is more like, well, we don't know what it's like, but the one that a lot yeah. of people are talking about are the seven fifty model, the Core Ultra mm -hmm. seven one fifty five H. So yeah. it's really to compare it to the ROG Ally, it starts at seven forty nine. Compare that to the ROG Ally at six ninety nine. Right, right. So it's very similar in price, but yeah, I, I, when I was holding it, I was like, well, I got an ally already, you know, like I, I didn't have that huge, like I have to get rid of my ally and get this instead, you know, uh, some of those are nitpick things for me. Like it, it's a black device and smudgy. Um, and so the plastics on it are very concerning to me. It's like a one X player in that regard where it's like, mm. just kind of got that generic black smudgy feel to it. Yeah. Uh, so a little nitpicky things for me, but uh, yeah, I didn't feel like it was going to be a huge like improvement. There were a couple things, I think, in terms of cooling and stuff that looked pretty interesting, but it's all going to come down to that chipset and what it can yeah. do in terms of performance and battery life, and that was definitely not a place where I could test any of that stuff. So, What'd you think of the handle, the <laughs> the grip? It's fine. Uh, it was it was unique. Like so, it's more rounded feeling. Like it's just kind of got a softer feel when you hold it, as opposed to the hard edges on the Ally. Which I, even though it is a little bit sharp on the Ally, I still kind of got used to it. The only thing I don't like about the grip part is those those two back buttons are not well positioned. They're basically mm. directly in the way of my middle finger, and then also they're so low down that they kind of cramp like these two fingers too. And so I like as I'm holding it, it's like this is in the way, and then these two are like being squished at the bottom. And so uh, I think that the Ally is a more comfortable grip uh, compared to the two. That's interesting because I, yeah. I felt like I think it was Dave 2D said that he, he felt like it was better because of the thicker 
rounder grips. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who it was, but somebody said they they were pointing out that the um, the back buttons on the ROG Ally are only they only really actuate when you push them a certain way. Right. And then the ones on the claw, like they're all, like you can activate them no matter which way. So you get a lot of extra inputs that you didn't, you didn't mean to do. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't, I generally don't use it on the ROG ally, those back buttons. And you're right. You kind of have to push them down, you know, like when you push down on them. Um, and for that one, it's a multi-touch. Like you press that and something else in order to activate it. And so I like it that way with the ally if the MSI doesn't have that, I will probably just disable them altogether because, yeah, there's something that I felt like I was going to be pressing all the time. And they have, like, these ones have, like, macro functionality. So you can, like, you like it's Hadoukenable, uh, <laughs> as, you, as you like to say. You can, can, you can configure it ahead of time to mm. automatically do certain, certain moves. Do, do any of you guys use that kind of, like, Carrie, do you, like, do you ever bother with macro functions when you're playing games? No, um, no, I don't. But <clears throat> I, it probably just takes a certain mindset of what someone's trying to do. It typically, I, the only thing I can find in my head is someone that is trying to game a system in some way or trying to like, at like the, the most innocent use case of this is to like accelerate grinding on a game. Like if they're playing an RPG right. and they were like, do this action, do this action, do this action, you know, like they're just going to like push that button, look away, come back, push that button. And it's like a <laughs> grind helper uh, is what I would see. It is like people that don't mind grinding in games, but kind of do, but still want to just go through the motions of it. Um, so that's like, like the most innocent thing I can see with those, but like you always see them. And like I have like the King Kong three controller that I'm going through right now, and it has that, and it has some other stuff. Uh, but no, I don't really see much of a point to like press a button, do like fifty actions or whatever, however much memory it can hold. Um, I I don't know. It's a very specific use case. Yeah, I never use that stuff. What about you, Rich? No, but I have like this is not the same, but you know, back in counter-strike, I would bind keys to do certain buy operations, right? Like when this key is to buy the M4, that key is to buy the AK, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do that in the, in the console, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Well, um, you know, the, the Intel chipset competing with AMD in the handheld space, I think that that's nothing but a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting more competition out there, but I just don't see my myself personally. I, I cannot see myself getting excited about the idea of this this device. You know, um, what was really interesting. You know, bringing yeah. up the Intel thing is that every booth had like powered by Intel on their mm-hmm. stuff, like everywhere. Like it was just like Intel woke up and like you know what? Here's a lot of money, and I want mm-hmm. you not to talk <laughs> about AMD anymore. You know, like it was only. Only the Minis Forum booth was the only one that I saw where they were actively talking about AMD and Ryzen chips. Everyone else, full Intel for everything. Like I, they must have, there must have been some sort of financial incentive because it, AMD was just like non-existent other than the AMD booth and then Minis Forum. Like everyone else, just Intel for everything. It was crazy. That's interesting. Do you think we'll see more Intel handhelds this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, given the fact that we're going to see a million handhelds, I'm assuming some will be Intel. Yeah, yep. for sure. It's like just the, the skew happy side of things where it's like, well, if we can sell like a thousand units, we'll make like whatever money we're going to make and who cares uh, type of mentality. Um, yep. Yeah. You know, there's still Intel fans. 
I, I don't think it's going to succeed only just because I know what it's going to do. And there's a hunger for people that want significantly. There's people that want two X steam deck and no Correct. one's getting that. No, yeah. no one's getting two right. X steam deck where the steam deck is right at 15 watt. No one's getting that. So mm -hmm. uh, there's just expectation of what they want and no one's, we just not, they're not going to get it. That's fair. Um, well, you know, speaking of, you brought up the Steam Deck. Uh, we've got the Steam Deck Lite, or oh. better better known as the Ion Neo Next Lite, which, so, boy, first I off, I thought we... it was super ridiculous for them to say, oh, right. with SteamOS, right? And it's not SteamOS, it's Hollow ISO. Um, that is kind of, I don't know, do you feel like that's a translation thing, or is that... Um, I've been in it so long that when I saw it, I was like, that's not Steam OS. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I was like, that'd be awesome if it was. But um, no, I, I, I get what you're saying, but this is like a, a cultural thing that has been happening for a while. I'll give you an example. Um, when the GPD Win 1 came out in 2016, when that had an Indiegogo, the advertising for it was, this machine is worth $800, but we're going to sell it to you for $300. And I'm like, no one buys that crap. Like it's three hundred dollars. You're not, it's not discounted five hundred dollars, and it's right. wow, what a deal! It's a it's a three hundred dollar machine, and you're selling it for three hundred dollars. Right? Don't don't say that crap. Um, yeah. there there was always that that there's like this cultural difference of like there's a lot of cultural differences that happen over there that um uh there's just a big difference uh for instance um like the how they share stuff and like copyright and all that other stuff there's a difference of how they look at that type of stuff where they'll just like take someone's stuff and repost it and that isn't frowned upon as much as it is is it over here so there's just like there's a lot of cultural differences and then there's like this uh machismo that they have um that's kind of weird uh it's like like they're just puffing their chest up for like like no one it's like those jokes where it's like, you know, it's like me. And then this dude is like just acting all out of whack, like just out of character. They'll just puff up their chest and just talk about how big they are or whatever. It's very, very, um, it, it, from our point of view, it comes off as defensive um, and weak. But for them, I don't know. It's weird. There's just lots of little cultural differences right. that I noticed over like the decade. And uh, I just, there's just some things that you just have to like kind of read between the lines after looking at it for so long. And I think yeah. Ionia has always been prone to that. They've always, like, their marketing has always been a little bit skewed. You know, like, if you listen, like, if you look at any of their, like, promotions and they, they're trying something new, the, the translations of what they're talking about, oh, like, you know, the way that they, you can fondle the device or however they describe <laughs> it and stuff, like, the translation's always off. And they're, yeah. they they take a lot of things and, and like, the... Uh, what was the Ionia slide that just came out, right? Mm -hmm. Carrie kind of liked the slide-up thing, but I hated the slide-up screen. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and they promote it as being like a floating thing, and I'm like, this thing just feels weak, you know. And so they're like, oh, it's a floating design. And I'm like, <laughs> they always have a way of skewing it. That's how Ionio is. Uh, and you know, Ambernick released a handheld PC, their only one that they ever released, and that was a couple of years ago, the Win 600. And in that, they also said it came with SteamOS, but it wasn't. It was Hollow ISO. So yeah, uh, it's not the first time I've seen that. And yeah, like with Carrie, the first time I heard it, I was like, that's not the real thing. Yeah. Yeah. The video that I put out, I, I was, I was like, I, I didn't think it was going to be Steam OS because Valve would have said something mm. at the same time. Like they would have also said, Hey, look at what we've done. We've partnered with these guys. Um, 
I just feel like it's very um uh false and I, I i feel like they're just misleading. freaking liars for calling it steam os and that drives me it drives me kind of crazy that that's what this, they right? ended up doing huh i had it i i auctioned mine off for oh, charity okay that's, it, that shows you how much i loved it <laughs> yeah i mean this was not not great but i mean like it's literally just reselling i guess there might be from my point of view it's just like old stock of what they have and what they have right. like laying, laying around and they're mm -hmm. just trying to sell off what they have which is fine, right? Like, okay, great. You know, if it's 300 or whatever. Um, for me, I think the price really needs to be $200 for what they're selling. Um, yeah. Uh, because if you look at it through the lens of $200, at least emulation wise, it's kind of a banger. Uh, at $300, you're super close to a Steam Deck and a Steam Deck is going to be two times more performant than that. And mm -hmm. that's a huge difference in performance, right? Like gigantic. Right. So it's like you're gonna someone's gonna get feel burned at three hundred dollars. Where at two hundred dollars, I think that there's a, a mindset that you can be in where you're like, well, if I was in emulation and other stuff, and well, it's only half, but whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. Three hundred's a, a bit of an ask. I'm sure they'll sell some, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a weird. It's fine for like you look at what the um, I still have to review it. It's it's over there, and I have to get it done. Is the um, their retro nucks that they're making, which are mm. cute. They're cute little devices. And you see a bunch of different other companies um, selling AMD 5700U uh, chips. There seems to be, this happens periodically in China where uh, I've seen like there's people that have sent me images from China where they're like, look at this. And they have trays and trays of Nintendo DS chips. And I'm just like, wow, cool. And he's like, yeah, we got <laughs> millions of them. And they're like cheap and we want to make, you know, DS clones. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> that sounds cool. <laughs> I'm glad that you got them for something. You can be able to like, you know, repurpose them. That's awesome. So there's like different companies. Um, there's one company that I want to try to, I want to buy their thing. They're actually making uh, NASes. Uh, so 8-Bay NASes with a 5700U and, and other stuff, which is a really nice chip. And if the stat, uh, the only thing that worries me is that um, the whole SATA stuff and the bridging and all that other stuff. When I have a NAS, I want to make sure that this is like enterprise gear, uh, enterprise tier. Uh, so whenever I'm dealing with data, I don't want to muck around with that. Uh, so that's the only thing that gets me kind of leery, but it's cool, right? So ultimately just to package this up is the older chips and repackaging them and reselling them. I just think that they need to be looking at it through um, value a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. 200 sounds like a much better spot. The thing that, that, pushes me away from this device is the right hand side is the the face buttons and the stick are vertically aligned and yeah. i hate that so yeah, much it's... like nintendo did that for the switch but they had a good reason because right. you take off the controller and then you hand it and you you can hand it to somebody and like they had that gimmick where you would hold it sideways it made yeah. sense to do it that way and everybody copied them yeah. And it's a terrible design choice. Like they yeah. should not be directly above each other. Yeah. 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 So that the INEO Next, the one that Carrie showed off, and the, the model that we're seeing with this new one is the first design that Arthur, the, their CEO, like was a part of. Because the first, like the first INEO design was from with a different owner. Yep. And so this is the first Arthur handheld. And you know, he always looks at like the looks of a handheld more, I think, than the actual feel of it. And so that's one thing about INEO devices. They always look amazing in like on paper and their marketing materials. And you can get them in the hand and it's just like, oh, like whose hands were on this? Because it doesn't feel like humanly <laughs> comfortable. 
And so this this is exactly the issue I had with the Ioneonex is that it was kind of boxy feeling. And like the bumps and stuff just don't really fit the contours of the hand as much as you might think. Yeah. Well, I think that we're all in for disappointment when it comes to both of those devices, in my yeah. opinion. The the claw, nineties marking aside, and this this <laughs> right. this thing, no thank yeah. you. What were you saying, Rich? Well, well, real quick, um one piece of bail that I'll shoot um to Ioneo is that, you know, they changed their marketing pretty quickly. Um so mm. it was Steam OS on that one page for that for that two days. Um and I'm sure they got backlash. Um but the page that you were just on, Bill, it does say Hollow ISO. I don't think I saw Steam OS on there, but I have seen them say like Steam OS like now or mm. something okay. to that effect. And you know, there are still lots of benefits to using Linux over Windows, just as you know, it goes both ways, right? It cuts both ways. There are drawbacks and, and benefits. Um, but on there, they're featuring the benefits, of course. So, like the fact that it has more stable performance or better system sleep functionality, things like that. Mm -hmm. Those things should hold true. Um, and of course, the fact that it's not SteamOS, um, that you know, to a large degree, that has more to do with Valve, right? Like, Valve is not ready yet, they're not there yet. So there's not yeah. much that Aya can do in that specific regard. It's been a I while since I tried Hollow ISO, but the last and you guys can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but last time I tried it, it didn't have any sort of power regulation features to it. So it wasn't like giving me all the efficiency gains that you get in the Steam Deck. And so that's the one point where I thought it was disingenuous to say Steam OS because it's not tailored for that chipset. It's yeah. tailored for the, the Steam chipset and the Steam Deck. And so uh I remember playing like Hollow ISO on the Win 600 and it's just chewing through the battery because it yep. doesn't know any better as far as yep. like regulating and whatnot. So that is a concern of mine. And, you know, there are other Linux distributions you could use like Botacera, but that one also doesn't have any sort of power regulation in it. The only one that I know of like a Linux based like gaming, like emulation distribution that has that is Jealous. And I'm not sure if they're getting a unit, so it's not going to work like it's not going to boot uh, out of the gate. And so, yeah. Yeah, I'm concerned about it. And it's funny because the 299 price point, I'm like, okay, fine, good. We're getting to a budget handheld PC. But then last night I was on Best Buy and they have the Z1 ROG Ally for 339 open box. And I'm like, wow. I would definitely spend $40 more 100%. to get a Z1 Ally. Yeah. Like the yeah. screen and all the other things you can get, the comfort, the controls, all that stuff. Uh, that's a no-brainer for me. And so yeah, sure. I'm I'm hoping we'll get to that point where yes we'll have like these budget handheld PCs, but then also we're gonna have clearance stock of some of the other ones as the other companies, the bigger companies, start pulling out their new ones. Yeah, so we're gonna be in a good spot I think later this year when it comes to price to performance. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
Agreed. Yeah, so, um, Rich, I think I was watching your video, and you said that they hadn't updated Hollow ISO in quite a while, right? Not since August. So the the hope that I have is that, you know, Aya has done a lot of work in, like you said, power regulation, right? Inside of Windows. They have built Aya Space. Um, they have tuned their drivers and their firmware. So I'm hoping that when they say customized Hollow ISO, they're doing a lot of work in that regard. Uh, because, yeah, like you said, it has not been updated at least not in terms of an official release since August 23rd. So it's been, yeah, three and a half, four months, a long time. Um, so that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. And, and I don't know if, if hollow ISO does get an update and then does it like, this is, this is going to be a fork, right? Because it's completely like likely, they're, yeah. they're kind of taking over. So it's a complete fork. It, yeah. Like they're not basing it on hollow ISO moving forward. Right. Right. That that yeah. would be my assumption at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's most likely going to be a one and done type of deal. So then you're going to be in a situation where any type of updates are going to be on the user itself and whatever cottage community support can get erected around it. Which is a bad, that's a bad place to be in as somebody who yeah. bought a thing. I mean, at this point, you're literally better just using like Chimera OS is probably one of the easier ones where it has, it looks yeah. for device IDs and will try to like help in some way. And because it's so old, it will have support. Um, Chimera OS does a bunch. And the nice thing about Chimera OS is that it's uh, technically a far, you can make it far more along than Steam OS is. So you can get the latest kernel. Yeah. Uh, latest Mesa drivers. Um, so Mesa 24 has some uh, additions to it for RDNA and RDNA 2 that are a benefit. Uh, that wouldn't really apply to the INEO Next because it's uh, Renoir, a Vega, um, a Vega GPU. So I don't know. There's, there's things that a Chimera OS does that I, I particularly like, and they go a little bit further to try to make it a little bit more uh, open to other handhelds. Uh, but yeah, ultimately the wish is that Valve would just like do whatever they need to do to support these other things. Right. Cause uh, where we are right now is, is a hodgepodge of, of whatever you can get. Yep. I still stand by my, my, uh, my statement that we're going to have it uh, available this year. You know, Valve had said, look, we, um, we shipped the OLED deck and a lot of the people who were working on getting steam OS, uh, ready for other hardware we're working on that project so now that they're not working on that project anymore they there sh can shift those resources back over to working on getting steam os out there for everybody to install on whatever and obviously starting with the handhelds that are already out there whether or not they're helped by the companies that are making this stuff all right, uh, let's take a, a quick break and, and talk about the games that we've been playing. Um, Russ, mm -hmm. I know that you had said you were going to play Chrono Trigger, and then you, I mean, you, you shocked me when you messaged our little <laughs> Discord that you finished it. I, I was surprised because I know how busy you are. Um, talk about that game because I, I, like, I've played the intro and then I've always stopped uh, yeah. and never really gotten very far. Uh, convince me. So I played through on the Odin 2. Uh, initially, I was playing it through the, and that's an Android-based handheld, so I'm using Android apps, right? So initially, I was using the Drastic emulator. I was So I decided on the Nintendo DS version. I should mention that first. And that's because it has, like, anime cutscenes in it. Yeah. 
that are from like the PS1 version, but the PS1 version has like long loading times. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds and it's touchscreen friendly. So you can swap over the touchscreen side. You can like handle your inventory by tapping on the screen, which is pretty fast. actually. Mm. So that was, uh, that was helpful. And so I was using that initially I was using drastic, which is like the standard, like standalone DS emulator. But I found that the, um, the image quality was a little bit soft looking. Like, I don't know if there's some sort of bilinear filter something was happening and I couldn't sharpen it the way I want. I wanted to really crunchy pixels, you know? And so I ended up sw switching over to RetroArch instead. So I used RetroArch in the Melon DS uh, emulator core. Not the most efficient core for dual screen uh, gameplay, but Odin's powerful enough that it's no problem. So I played through on RetroArch with the Melon DS core, Nintendo DS version, Chrono Trigger. And uh, it was good. There were a couple times where uh, some sort of graphical thing wouldn't render correctly, and I would have to extract my save game, load it Oof. in Drastic, play through that part, and put over my save game again into RetroArch and do that again. I had to do that about three or four times throughout the whole game. It took me about 20, 25 hours to play through the whole game. So not, not a huge complaint, but just one thing if anyone gets stuck when they're trying to do the same method that I did. Um, but it was great. I, I played through like the, I tried to get the best ending possible. I didn't do every single side quest, so I didn't get like the, the ultimate ending, but I got a pretty good ending. Like everybody was saved and all that kind of stuff. Um, it felt a lot like Mass Effect 2. I don't know if you guys ever played oh, that wow. one. Where it's like you, you have to corral together a team. And like each, each individual team member has got like a journey of their own they want to go on. And if you fulfill that journey for them, they're more likely to help you in the end of the game. Like mm -hmm. That's kind of how Chrono Trigger is set up. Uh, so I enjoyed that. The story... Um, the story was good. Like it was, it definitely didn't feel like a 30 year old story. It felt like something a little bit more modern. And so that's, that leads me to think that, yeah, Crown Trigger was way ahead of its time, you know? Um, so I enjoyed that aspect of it. There's still like some super Nintendo jank to it in that it doesn't walk you, like it doesn't hold your hand through some parts. Right. And you're just like, okay, where am I? And where do I need to be? And they gave you <laughs> one little hint and you're like, okay, I got to go to this timeline and find this guy basically. And so, uh, there was a lot of me uh, kind of trying to figure that part out. I had to use a guide every once in a while just to kind of look up and be like, where am I supposed to go right now? Um, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's not my type of game, you know, like I do really enjoy a lin. I know we've talked about so many times, but I really enjoy a linear story. Like just walk me through the ideal experience first time around. Like I don't want too much freedom, you know, and that gave me a little bit more freedom than I wanted. Um, but otherwise, yeah, really enjoyed it. It was, a, it was a great time. And I immediately jumped into Sea of Stars afterwards because I, I, I saw all the similarities. Like the mm -hmm. fact that like when you're walking through the map and if you touch an enemy, it starts a battle like right then and there. That's how Crown Trigger works. That's how Sea of Stars works. Um, and so I, I just had a really good time kind of jumping into that. And I'm like 10 hours into Sea of Stars right now, too. That's nice. Great. That's very cool. The, the comparison to Mass Effect 2 may have just convinced me to nice. fire this up on my Mew Mini Plus and uh, play the hell out of it. Wait, you never played Chrono Trigger? No. Oh. Uh, well, okay, oh, I played a little bit of it. I played the intro. You're I with got a bunch of heathens, including myself. I know. <laughs> oh, I my goodness. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to the point where you, like, get the frog guy, and then some something shiny distracted me, so <laughs> I ended up not getting back to it. Oh, um, man. But, you know, I love that, like, the way that you just described it, Russ is something that nobody else has said where you've got this, you know, a team that you're trying to Motley build crew. Mm -hmm. like yeah. in Mass Effect 2. I love that idea. And uh, yeah. I made, I, I was playing Final Fantasy 
three or Final Fantasy six on my Mia Mini Plus, but I think I'm going to switch over to Chrono Trigger and uh, play that play that first. I, um, yeah. Yeah. One, one, one thing to add is that like like it's it's all choice too. Like there was a character and there was a dialogue option, and I chose the dialogue option where I was like, no, I don't like this dude, and I was like, let's fight, you know. <laughs> and so we fought. But I was like, afterwards, I'm like, well what if I said yes? And so I said yes. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll join. And all of a sudden he's like a character, you know? And so that was kind of <laughs> cool that like you had like a full on choice in the game to yeah. fight the dude or uh, have them actually added to your party. That's great. So uh, let me, I played this back in the nineties when it first came out. Uh, so I, I can't, it's hard for me to play that game today just because RPGs and grinding really irritate the hell out of me. And there's lots of parts in Chrono Trigger where it just go too slow. So I have to use the fast forward button a lot to actually play through Chrono Trigger today. Uh, but I mean, I was so into Chrono Trigger and I was aware of like how things were that I remember being blown away that they spent uh, data, the you know, the package size just to have a different sprite of Chrono Trigger when he was like leaning against a tree. I was like, oh, they have a new sprite. Oh, my God. Like, that's huge. How many K did they use for that? Um, like, that type of stuff was so big to me. But, like, even uh, – so I'm a huge Akira Toriyami fan. So uh, he has the same archetypes in Chrono Trigger. So you have Magus, who's the antihero, like Vegeta. And, you know, Magus is, this, like, a spitting image of, of Vegeta, like, mood and mm -hmm. everything, like how he is in – uh frog is awesome uh lucia's like rope every character in there i don't think i i dislike probably the one that i dislike the 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 least well like the least is uh the barbarian girl uh the uh, yeah. prehistoric girl like she's just whatever she's not bad but she's just like whatever but the characters that they have and their their own arcs that they go through i was genuinely interested in all of them and lucia's probably was like the coolest one that I went through, and I also like really like Frog just as a character. Um, I don't know. I just I adore that game so much, uh, especially playing through it. It was it was amazing to play. The, you guys yeah. have to hey, just fast forward through the parts that are just grindy because uh, I I can't tolerate them today. But <laughs> you got to experience it, especially the Frog's theme. Frog's theme is like just fantastic score. Like the score of everything Chrono Trigger is just great, but Frog's theme is really good as well. There's another game. I can't think of the name of it. It's almost on my brain. Uh, Cosmic Star Heroin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is very similar to Chrono, very reminiscent of Chrono Trigger. So if you're looking for something a little more modern to play that's kind of like that, there's that. There's also, like Russ said, uh, Sea of Stars. But, um, you know, sticking with the retro vibe, Carrie. You've been playing something retro. Oh, what have yeah. you been playing, man? <laughs> uh, so uh, I I booted up my old 360, um, and I'm playing Guitar Hero 2. And I, for whatever reason, I don't have my save anymore for Guitar Hero 2. I, I thought I had it. If I was checking my achievements, and I actually did beat Guitar Hero 2 on hard already. So I'm replaying on hard, and I'm finding that, oh, man, I never felt old until I started playing <laughs> Guitar Hero 2 again. <laughs> Uh, I'd never remember my hands like, like being like mid song and like you know you just have this like on this riff that happens, and I have to activate star power just to get over it because like my meter's like <laughs> like oh no star power get through this and I can feel my fingers just slowing down and I see the notes and I'm just like I I know I was be able to do this before. <laughs> 
it's a it's a disconcerting feeling to like actually feel my age i guess uh so i've been playing like yep. uh, a set a day and just trying to get back into it and i'll i'll just force myself into like exp expert mode um but i i i'm i still have my save for guitar hero 3 and i have every song beaten on hard in guitar hero 3 except the last one which is devil comes down to georgia and that is insanely hard and I never yeah. beat it back then. And I just kind of like dropped it for whatever reason, maybe like other games that came up, but I want to like just practice again and then see if I can't just get that achievement that I'm deserved and owed. <laughs> so I already did all the work back then. No. Uh, but yeah, I'm having a blast. I, I really, there's a hope of mine that Microsoft, because they own it now, uh, they just have 360 emulation happen on Xbox one. Cause that mm. would be a much I don't know if you guys realize this. I don't know if anyone is powered on their Xbox 360 as of late. But if you have a modern Microsoft account, um, I'm passwordless on, on Microsoft. So there is no understanding of what that is on Xbox 360. So you have to get an mm. app password through the Authenticator app. And like putting that through is just a headache. And uh, just being able to get you, get your profile and use cloud saves on the Xbox 360 is a headache as opposed to just doing it on right. the Xbox series, Xbox one. Um, so I just wish that they would get it there. I kind of wish that Microsoft would just release a new set of plastic guitars and uh, maybe have like a, you know, like a Tony Hawk remake, or whatever, and just have like a guitar hero two, guitar hero three remake. Um, that'd be awesome. But yeah, I'm having yeah, a blast. I was going to ask what controller are you using to play with? Uh, it's the, I have a bunch of them. Uh, the, yeah. the, it's a it's the the last good Guitar Hero controller in my opinion. So it's the one that is Guitar Hero World Tour. So it has the five oh. buttons, and then it also has the the finger part where you can kind of slide right. up and down. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one that uh, I use um, to play Guitar Hero too. I still have my old Guitar Hero Three Les oh. Paul that I still have around, but I, I haven't used it in years. Let me, let me show, here goes, if Kerry reaches up and pulls down <laughs> it's, a it's, guitar. It's over there. Gonna... I got to go. Give me one second. <laughs> so I uh, had Guitar Hero, and uh, at one point I had a tumor in my hand mm. that mm. they had to take out. And so Guitar Hero was my physical therapy. Like That's I would awesome. every day I would play Guitar Hero for a whole bunch of time to try and get my, you know, my, my, finger dexterity back after they removed the tumor from the middle of my hand. Okay. So, uh, I had an import shop near me when I was growing up and they did not have this in the U S it was called guitar freak for the PlayStation one. And this is that. a PlayStation one guitar freak control. It only has three buttons and that's it. <laughs> and this is for PlayStation one. Um, so it has the PlayStation controller right there. Oh my God. So this is the Guitar Freak controller that came with the import for Guitar Freak. I should actually play that. Uh, I haven't played that in a long time. I think you should stream it on your Twitch channel. Oh, yeah. For Just get some sure. PS1 Guitar Freak. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, three, three keys? This is nothing. Let me play on Expert. No. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that name. I, I Konami had a lot of those like music yeah. games like in the arcades as well. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. I, I played it in the arcade sometime in the 90s and i was like oh this is kind of fun and then i was like why don't they they should come out with this and then my import shop had it and i was just like all right well now i have to mod my playstation one to be able to play this so it's just a bunch of stuff but yeah you remember the uh you load a playstation one game you open the lid hold the or not open the lid you hold the lid 
thing down so that you don't have to close the lid. You let the PlayStation One disc run, then you swap it out when it's when it spins down. Do you remember that one? There, there was, I had that. There was like um, there was a backport one that I could put on the. You had like the Game Shark uh, mm-hmm. adapters for the PlayStation One. They had one that you can play copied games that would do that same function. It gave you a little spring so that you could. Uh, it would always hold down the um, the lid button. Yes. So when you opened yeah, it up, yeah. Yeah. It would then you'd press a button and it would stop spinning the real disc. You'd pop out the real disc and you put in yeah, a copy. That's it. And then you start it up. Yeah, that was how you, you played. played. You played copied games, Carrie. So yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> Jacques. Uh, that that's like the first time I realized in my life uh, there were you know I think everyone kind of has that that didn't have that growing up, but I had it in the nineties. I feel like I'm just I don't mean to say this like sound like a like a like a you know uh, smug gamer or something like but i'm far ahead of the curve more than a lot of other people so i feel like people that are getting like roms today and like you know even like 10 years ago they're like oh i gotta get every rom and like you're it's not about playing games it's just about hoarding as many roms as you can (laughs) and 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 cleaning that collection right like the metadata the file names the folder structure that whole bit it's it's the the joy of it is just having that many and not mm-hmm. actually playing that those games. So I had a binder full of copied PS1 games. And it was like, you know, when Thrill Kill came out and trying to go on IRC and get Thrill Kill. I was going to say, were we on the same IRC service? <laughs> <laughs> but like, we probably you know, all were. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that's that, that whole thing. And then I was remembering like when I was going and filling them out and copying all these PS1 games. And I was just like, what the hell am I doing? Why am I doing this? Because I'm not actually playing yeah. anything. I'm just copying games. And I just had yeah. this binder of games that I wasn't really playing all that much. So then it's like those types of things where I feel like I don't really care about having them all. Like I get them because I have advanced means of getting them. But like uh, that and grinding, I can't do anymore. There's like things that are old that are just kind of, I've had so much of it. I've had my fill of it. It's like, I, I can't even think about it anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah it's along those lines. So when I was, you know, talking about piracy back in the day, when I was a kid, um, I had a Commodore 64. And in my hometown, there was a video, there was like a a software shop that was like in the basement of this um, general store. Like there were, there were shops underneath there. And this guy just had rows and rows and rows of games where you would go in there and for two bucks, he would copy a game onto a floppy for you. And then you would, you would go home and you could play that game. Uh, I didn't, you know, I was a little kid. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, Oh, that's so cool. But this guy was like straight up running a pirate shop in my hometown, which is crazy that, 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 that that you used to be able to do that. And then when I got older, I got a job at Babbage's. Which, for people who don't know, it was a video game shop, and they would let us take games home so that we could try them and then bring them back. So I always had access to, like, the newest games, and I would bring them home, make a copy of it, (laughs) and then bring it back in, and we would shrink wrap it. And then when customers came in, we could talk about, you know, that game or whatever. Um, But again, I didn't know that what I was doing was was wrong i was just like oh you, you, so you just make copies of stuff that's <laughs> yeah. what I, yeah. that's what stuff that's what computers do they make copies yeah. 
I don't I don't want to digress too far here, but there's a, a fun little anecdote about that, especially in Europe and in Germany at the time, uh, because the demo scene of like how they were copying stuff was so rampant. Piracy in Europe was just out of control, especially in like Germany and stuff. Uh, you can actually trace the origins of Sierra's point and click games as they were getting on and on. They started getting um, like a stigma of nonsense puzzles. Like they're like, mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense. Why am I combining a conch shell with a rope? to make a, a, a you know, a whatever. Um, and the reason was, it can trace back to European piracy. Uh, they found, they were like, oh, our sales for Leisure Suit Larry are terrible. But for whatever reason, our Leisure Suit Larry 1 strategy guides are selling like hotcakes. <laughs> 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 so it's like, they're looking at this like sales numbers of game, sales numbers of strategy guides. Mm-hmm. So then Sierra was just like, okay, well, we'll just make our games super right. crazy nonsense and just sell strategy guides because people are going to copy the game and they're going to pirate it. So that was like the entire, the, like you could you could trace the origins of it. And it's like Space Quest 2 was like the last good Sierra game uh, because you had oftentimes multiple solutions to a singular problem. Uh, so you could like get by with other things that you had in your inventory. So it's just a much better game in Space Quest 3. But anyway, that's a little anecdote mm-hmm. about piracy and how it actually ruined point-and-click adventure games. Nice. So, you know, let's move on from piracy. Uh, Rich, what have you been playing this week? Uh, I've been playing a game called Leica H Through Blood. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet, but it is, like, weird in, you know, ways that I enjoy. So it's like a 2D action platformer, Metroidvania kind of thing, but you ride a bike like trials right like the game trials oh trials is cool yeah so like you you hold a button to move forward and then like you you eventually get like a button to not eventually pretty much within the first five minutes to like turn around and then you turn around at the right time when a bullet is shooting at you to parry the bullet and you and so you have all of these mechanics to like fight the other bad guys while you're on the bike and it's it's really interesting and it has like this western vibe and it's like also like tarantino (laughs) why is that so funny i miss it so many many it's got a western vibe but you're on a bike it's like it's like trials but it's also like a metroidvania also it's in the old west you're like clint eastwood (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly that yes and here's the best part tarantino levels of like ultra violence so like you just find your friend like tied up by his own body parts and yeah you're like avenging his murder and stuff like that on your bike on your bike yes you know as you Uh, did yes exactly (laughs) Um, so it's really weird really strange but i I think i like it it's just those controls are awkward right like trying to get used to to be honest yeah trying to get used to like how to parry where to angle your bike so that you're not getting hit by the bullets, things like that. It's a little awkward, but I'm enjoying it. So I've been playing final fantasy seven remake, um, trying to finish it before the next one comes out and, uh, probably not going to succeed because every time I start playing, I get sleepy. Um, (laughs) it's just like right now I'm doing these quests where like, I don't care about the side quests. I'm just like, I just want to do the story quests. Stop bothering me with this other stuff. Um, so, uh, we'll see how that goes, but I also tried the Prince of Persia, uh, demo, which is available, I think everywhere. A lot of people are really, uh, hyped for this game. And, um, I think that there's good reason. This is, it's really fun. I've only played the demo and I haven't even finished the demo because I was, I downloaded, downloaded it last night to try it out. Um, 
but I love if you, like I love Metroidvanias, and I feel like this is kind of going back to the roots of that that series. Although it's definitely modernized, like like I remember the original one where it was just like you're trying to get the frame perfect to, in order to nail that jump. This is not like that, um, but you know it's back to its side scrolling roots, which is really really cool, and I like it a lot. I don't know if I want to spend. on it right now even though everybody's saying how fantastic it is i feel like i got enough to play yeah uh so i'm gonna jump in real quick i'm i'm on board with you uh bill i don't that that price is off-putting to me and i'm in the mindset like i i also just picked up um assassin's creed valhalla it just got added to game pass i technically own the physical version of it but since it's on game pass i don't know i downloaded it for some reason uh I started playing through that a bit. I put in a few hours and it's decent enough. And I like the whole Viking era, but there's a part of me that uh, I don't like playing uh, Ubisoft games on PC, the whole Ubi connect and PC launcher and all that other crap on there. Even if you buy on PC, it still has to install its launcher and do all of its other crap. I just mm-hmm. really dislike Ubisoft games on PC. So I, I typically only play Ubisoft games on console just because I feel like that barrier. I feel like I'm still in, that ecosystem rather than uh, if i get it on steam whenever it comes out on steam i'm still kind of in the ubisoft world just in Mm -hmm. i I just don't like it so with the price and how they're doing their whole pc thing i'm just like well let me look at a console if it drops in price maybe i'll pick it up if it gets on game pass i'm 100 gonna play it so i'm in that mindset right now if it gets down to 20 bucks on like xbox or ps5 i'll just buy it there uh, but up until then, I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna wait. Uh, but I, you, I'm excited to play it. Did you guys buy Metroid Dread? I'm gonna challenge you a bit. I did. Yes. Yes. I'm a Sixty dollars, and this is supposed to be better than Metroid Dread. Yeah, yes. but that's Metroid, and I love so Metroid. I, <laughs> I, I, I I gave bought, it a try. <laughs> I bought the I bought the limited edition of Metroid Dread, but yeah. I have so. For me, it's a bit of a different thing, only because I would buy the Switch version of Prince of Persia first uh, on any other console, just because I still kind yeah. of collect uh, Switch games. I, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. So I bought the limited edition of uh, Metroid Dread. I have Fire Emblem, the 30th anniversary. I have like all the LEs of like Switch stuff, and I, st- I still have that. So that's kind of a different thing that I'm still like collecting on Switch, just because they still have cartridges, and I yeah, feel like they're too. like the last bastion of actually buying physical stuff yeah um so that's a different i i think there's some nuance in there that uh, i think is a little bit different so uh, well uh, also, i mean you I can think... buy the switch version for ten dollars less than the yeah, Metroid Dread. that's what i'm saying yeah. is i would probably okay. buy the switch version uh just to yep. have the physical version and it runs I great on switch fair. yeah um but then uh, you know i could also just you know get it free on switch when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, 
you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. <laughs> oh, boy. Boy, See? oh, boy. What is wrong with I you? do not condone. Neither do I. No. <laughs> uh, Rich, you I, I do am make gonna a pick good up point, on Switch, though. though what were you saying, yeah. Russ? I'm going to pick it up on Switch as well because I want to play it on Odin. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that'd be the perfect handheld to play it on. And so, and I've heard it actually plays really well on the Odin, too. So uh, I'm going to get the cartridge, I think. And then that way I have the cartridge and then also I'll play on the Odin. I'm tempted to do the same. Yeah, I'm, I might buy on Switch. I think I'm going to either get it on Xbox or PlayStation. Uh, I don't want to. I'm completely uninterested in dealing with Ubisoft stuff on my Steam Deck. Yeah, exactly. And, like trying to jump through those hoops. So I'm not going to do that um, on my Xbox or on my PlayStation. I can play it on my big screen TV and everything like like I think that's how I'll end up doing it. Um, as far as me saying I didn't want to spend that much money on it. You make a really good point about that, Rich. But at the same time, I feel like I've reached a point where I'm like. <sighs> like there's there's this nostalgia that I have for Metroid. Yeah, that I yeah. don't have as much of for Prince of Persia. And I think that's because there's been a lot of Prince of Persia games that just didn't hold up nearly as well as the Metroid games. That doesn't say anything about this particular Prince sure. of Persia game. Yeah. Um, but it kind of colors my nostalgia just a little bit and makes it uh makes it a little bit less than. Um mm. But at the think, same time, and I also think that when when Metroid Dread came out, which was last year, the year before, uh, year, year before, year yeah. before, I feel like I had more time to play games, and so I was easily able to justify it to myself. Whereas now, every time I sit down to play a game, I'm like, "Well, I got this video to edit, I got this script to write, I got this other thing that I, I got to make a thumbnail," uh, and I just don't have as much time. So. Like, I'm still trying to finish other games, especially before Final Fantasy comes out. So me buying this now just seems goofy because I know what's going to happen is I'll buy it and I'll <laughs> play it for two hours. And I will be like, that was an awesome two hours. And then I won't load it up again because I got something else that I have to do. So, so here's I'm going to put a little bit more nuance into it because I think it really does. It's kind of stupid, but there is a lot of nuance to it. Yeah, yeah so go ahead. First off, um, Nintendo uh, is a super conservative company, and they've always looked at Metroid sales as not really good, despite there being like a core fan base that is like rabid for it. Um, when Grand Theft Auto came uh, to PC, I bought it day one. When uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 came to PC, I bought it day one. And I was trying to vote with my wallet to signal to these companies that you need to come to PC. Don't do any nonsense. Just put it on Steam. Put it wherever. Just put it there. And, you know here's money here's day one money and uh here's a signal to you that it's valuable to you to do so and yeah. along those same lines um i do really think that the game is amazing but uh they did not release day one on steam they still have their ubisoft crap that they're they're peddling um for what it's worth um uh social club rockstar social club got a bit worse over the years um it wasn't as terrible as it was like at least it like saved all my crap and like logged me in automatically in Rockstar Social Club. And now that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. I've tried installing Red Dead Redemption 2 
lately and it's challenged me to constantly put in my uh social it's club so stuff. annoying yeah. and i'm just like this is <clears throat> this sucks so like there's parts of me that um the nuance of it is i'm trying to send a signal to nintendo who is only releasing on switch that metroid is a series that you should be putting money into to continue developing further stuff yeah and me not getting it on on ubisoft side is like hey you guys should stop clowning around and just do the right thing and make it less uh, obstructive on the pc side um I, was, I could just buy the switch version right yeah i, I was just also gonna the switch version while you guys were ranting nice i was gonna add some nuance too right like um i i say that as though like metroid dread metroid dread faced its own like this is too expensive right like 60 dollars for a 2d yeah. metroid oh, like there, there was yeah. a whole bunch of that so there's that as well um and um you know you mentioned the nostalgia for metroid and um this is a pet opinion of mine that a lot of people are going to disagree with but i think that's carried the metroid franchise for a long time meaning um the metroid franchise is still great there's still a lot of great entries but there have been so many good metroidvanias um indie metroidvanias that have come out uh since super metroid basically um uh, up to this point that like I I was a little miffed when like Metroid Dread Dread a lot of the reception was like this is the best Metroidvania in years and I'm like no there's Hollow Knight it's right there <laughs> like right. there's Hollow Knight there's um I'm gonna blank out on some names right now but like Dead Cells yeah Dead Cells yeah Axiom Verge mm. amazing oh, right is fantastic yeah. yeah so there have been so many good uh, Metroidvanias that have kind of gone neglected by like mainstream to an extent mainstream media to an extent like the average casual gamer but like metroid always has that nostalgia for it so that's what people are always going to look for that i mean that's 100 percent true but i will say i don't finish games ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. like they, it's very yeah. seldom that i finish games i finished the hell out of metroid dread that game was absolutely fantastic and it was one of my favorite games the year that it came out um just unbelievably good and if people are saying that prince, prince of persia thank you i couldn't think of it if people are saying that prince of persia is better than that then that is very exciting to me i've I seen just, a number of people say it's top three if it were like if it were to release last year it would have been top three in their games of the year list for 2023 wow wow yeah I'll tell you too. I'm a I'm a Prince of Persia fanboy. Like you know, I I never really played the old ones back in the day because they were too hard for me. But when like Sands of Time and that whole trilogy came out on amazing. GameCube, loved it. So and good. I love the uh, Xbox 360, like the 2009 one. That's a little bit watercolory looking. It's one of my favorite 3D platformers on the Xbox 360. And so, uh, even just the property itself, I'm just a fan of Prince of Persia. So definitely combining that with Metroidvania, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. So. Yep. Um, yeah, the the original Prince of Persia, um, the cinema, so cinematic platformers. Uh, we've had this discussion before. I yeah. love cinematic platformers, and I don't think that there's a, enough of them um, th that that come out. And I I don't know if they're just too old, but like a uh, uh, out of this world uh, flashback, Abe's Odyssey. So flashback, the, the modern ones are <clears throat> like Inside Limbo. Um, oh yeah yeah stuff like that flashback is a game that i think people played two hours of and that was it they didn't actually play any mm -hmm. more flashback because everyone played the jungle level and as soon as they got to the city they just stopped um 
because flashback is kind of like heresy when you compare it to out of this world, which is like flashback is like, Oh, it's like uh, another version of out of this world. Out of this world is probably one of the pinnacles of cinematic platformers in terms of oh, yeah. uh, f uh, forward pacing of how they're actually trying to be cinema like like there's like depth of when lasers mm -hmm. are firing this way on a 2d uh, 2d thing and hanging from a ledge and having that alien guy save you and all of like there's like a chore uh, choreography to playing that game and the precision of where you are and in flashback they only have really cool animation of like gun firing and shells coming off and that type of stuff but then all of a sudden the game becomes like just run back and forth back and get some nonsense and just keep on mm. doing these missions and then go to this world and then fight these other guys. And then you're, you're in stasis. It's, it's not a good, it's not a good game, but it has a lot of the earmarks of what I think a lot of people loved it just because it looked fantastic for the day. The animations were amazing and it played well, but no one actually ever finished the game. Um, right. Because comparing it to out of this world is like, it's, different tiers was out of this world on console i don't remember i had it on pc or i played it on pc yeah genesis uh, super nintendo yeah it was okay um yeah. i remember playing flashback on the genesis but yeah i i always felt like it's not as good as out of this world but because that's because it's on the genesis not and uh on a pc and right I, you know that was you know me being a little kid not mm. not really understanding stuff yeah uh, flashback does action i think uh, a lot better only because there's not that like your gun that could make a shield or fire or super fire mm -hmm. um, and you had to do the right thing at the right time because it was more of a there was puzzly elements in the action part of it whereas flashback is just like action yeah yeah I, yeah I, and uh there was a lot of memorization yes. in out of this world where you're like okay i go to this part i know that that the purple thing is going to jump out and eat me if I yeah. don't duck at this time. Exactly. Very dragon's lair-ish, if that mm. makes sense. Yes. Yep. But it's, so that's like a hallmark really of cinematic platformers, right? Mm -hmm. Because part, part of the reason they're cinematic platformers, it's, it's present in inside and limbo too, right? Is that like, sometimes that's the, that's the point, right? Is that you get to mm -hmm. see this, once in a game thing like you get to see your death in that really special way and then you learn how to pass it but right but part of the point is that you see that death animation mm -hmm. yeah yeah i gotta say every time i played inside in limbo and my character died i got sick to my stomach it was like, rough. the way that you die and you're like ragdoll and stuff oh, yes it just like as a father too, like oh my god, yes. oh my god that little yeah. kid, you know. I'm like yeah. I'm like tearing up thinking about it right now. That was, <laughs> it's such a gorgeous, and that's game, very though. cinematic of a game. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. pretty amazing. I, I think that's yeah. effectively I, what they were trying to do. A core memory for me for Out of This World is when you uh, super blast the thin wall, and then the water starts rushing in, and you're running for life because of the the rock ledge that you. The whole bit, I love that entire sequence of like flooding to the top. That entire sequence is a core memory for me. Like figuring that part out uh, was amazing. Uh, also, the the tank scene that you're in, you're like just pressing buttons madly trying to get <laughs> something to go on. There's a lot of great parts about it, this world. I miss I miss cinematic platformers. I almost yeah. feel like I want to go back. Not go back. I because I don't think that the gameplay itself is going to hold up for me um, personally. But I almost want to go on like YouTube 
and oh, yeah. find like the perfect playthrough yeah. of it's like 10 uh, minutes. out of this world and watch, yeah, like a movie. watch the whole thing it's because like a 10, i never finished it <laughs> it's a 10 minute video uh of a person playing through the entire thing and it's like if you just watch it it's like it'll keep you on the edge of your seat because it's like like narrow things of like just the perfect amount of shields that he placed mm-hmm. up and but this guy's obviously playing like a like a pro so he's like zooming around and you're just like uh yeah but it's it's pretty fast but you can get a real good idea in a very short time just watching the let's play of um out of this world it's it's still good so carrie i haven't played this yet um but i don't think you own it and i don't think it's on your wish list uh lunark l-u-n-a-r-k oh, this sounds familiar yeah it's a modern retro action platformer or cinematic platformer excuse me it looks really good i haven't tried it yet but i really want to try it nice yeah i got it yeah 2d setting nice close what way forward Oh, such a great conversation. I just got to say, like, I'm, you know, the sun's coming up here in Hawaii. I'm just like <laughs> listening to old stuff. This is amazing. I'm having a lot of fun. I missed you guys. <laughs> I missed you too, man. You too, man. Uh, wow, this is gorgeous. I love, I love how this looks. Oh yeah, this I especially that, this like how. Back, uh... mm. he I especially like how it's um like it's so it's not high resolution. You know what I mean? Like the characters very small and made out of very few pixels. For for Lunark, this is really cool. If you guys haven't, yeah. uh, if you're listening to this and you can't see it, um, uh, you can either head over to the to the YouTube channel and watch it, or you can just go to Steam Powered and and look up Lunark L U N A R K. Very there, cool game. There's also yeah. that one that was like on the Xbox One launch trailer that still hasn't come out. Uh, the last something. I don't know anything about that. Oh, Christmas Xbox One familiar. Yeah, Xbox. Uh, well, it's a long time it's ago. The, then it's the it's the one with the really like neon pixel yes. art. Yeah, it, it, it has a bit of um, uh, what's the word controversy Cyber. behind it because of the developer. Oh, I don't remember that. Probably for the best. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> the last night. I think it's yeah. the last night. The last night. Okay. I don't know the developer, but the publisher is Raw Fury, who. They're great. I love Raw Fury. Is, is it the last night? I think it is the last night. But yeah, it opened up and it's a very cyberpunky type of thing. But it has. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also a demo you can play on. Oh goodness, it's one of those indie uh, websites. It's not the big one, but it's a smaller one. But they had a demo, <clears throat> and you can play it. It's it's a short demo, but it's a cinematic platformer. Um, yeah, so I don't know. There's. Uh, I get. I definitely have to take a look at Lunark, and whenever that gets on sale, I should just buy it and play it. Yeah. Yeah, that's added to my wish list. Uh, so that was a good call, Rich. Yeah. Um, you know, you Carrie brought up Xbox, and we've got a Xbox Developer Direct uh, oh, coming sure. in just a few days on the 18th. <clears throat> so three days from now. So you're watching this on Wednesday, so it's Thursday, so it's tomorrow, uh, I think. And um, they're going to be talking about Indiana Jones, Avowed, um, Aura History of the World, Senua's uh, Saga, uh, Hellblade Two. Um, I gotta say, I, I I've seen people talking about Indiana Jones, and they're like, "Ooh, they're talking about Indiana Jones." And then somebody, I think it was Shinobi, uh, said, "Yeah, that game's coming out this year," mm-hmm. which that is very surprising to me. Yeah, uh, I didn't anticipate that. Uh, for Indiana Jones to be coming out this year. That's just a rumor right now. It's being made by Machine Games. I love Indiana Jones. I did not go to the theaters to see the new movie, 
but my wife and I watched it when it came to Disney Plus. Yeah. I don't get why everybody hated that I mean, movie. I, I thought it was great. My wife and I just watched yeah. it recently too, and we were just like, this isn't not this is not bad. This is fine. Not bad. It was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It felt like an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. I get that people are <clears> like, oh, there's certain things in there that I don't like, but yeah. you know what? It doesn't need to be realistic. In the second one, he jumps out of a plane on a raft. Okay? So get over yourselves, people. <laughs> yeah. But I'm here for an Indiana Jones game. Oh, absolutely. Um, are, are you guys hyped for this, uh, Carrie? Oh, I'm, I'm serious. So Uncharted is probably my favorite PlayStation series of games. Uncharted 2 is still probably the, like, as in terms of an Indiana Jones games. If you guys never played Uncharted 2, yep. play Uncharted mm -hmm. 2 immediately. Because that game is amazing. Uh, and that has yep. like the hallmarks. I feel you know, like you look at Tomb Raider, right? Tomb Raider had those same type of Indiana Jones type of flavor, mm -hmm. uh, and then also Resident Evil, which had the Alone in the Dark flavor of just getting some stuff to like put into a thing to like Horcrux it into like a position to like whatever to move forward. There is that type of nonsense adventuring type of stuff where you have the pyramid and curses and stuff where you step on a stone and something happens and you need to keep going. There is that whole flavor that i think indiana jones pretty much like all the tropes that they've made that i love in video games so if they could do all of that with the indiana jones you know uh ip uh, i'm i'm like super stoked for it if they can manage like a 3d action platformer uh in the vein of like uncharted or tomb raider but indiana jones oh 100 percent, just whipping let's get your whip and swing oh 100 percent. i'm <laughs> super looking forward to it what what percent are you rich uh huge 100 percent. but it's not okay. because of indiana jones that was my hesitation it's because of machine games i really liked the first wolfenstein that they did i haven't played the other ones but i played the first wolfenstein and just their storytelling was really good have either of you played that one that first I, wolfenstein? I have i have but not do not you, completion do do did any of you see the um uh the Jimi hendrix america uh no oh my mm -hmm. god all right i'll send you the cinematic behind the scenes but like it it made me emotional in, in that moment um you'll have to see it to know what i'm talking about um but it was really good and so i think yeah machine games has some real good chops in terms of storytelling and in terms of like game feel and so for that reason i'm definitely looking forward to this yeah, we're getting 10 minutes of uh, game and developer insights, including details about the game setting story, how you're going to play as indie, uh, and uh, we're going to find out some more with the first gameplay trailer. So we're actually wow. going to see gameplay trailer instead of just, you know, what we saw last time was just like this slow pan across and then you see a whip and then you see the hat and we're like oh yeah right <laughs> you know uh, Russ are you hyped for for Indiana Jones? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the Uncharted series, uh, and so anything similar to that would be awesome. It uh, reminds me of Pitfall as well. Like, I've always thought that was kind of a Indiana Jones kind of game, too, the Super Nintendo version. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, anything that's kind of like adventure like that is, is amazing. And so I, I'm also really looking forward to the Hellblade 2. I actually put about an hour into Hellblade 1 last night. I was setting up my Xbox Series X, and it was... The only game I've played because like I had to download like these, you know, 70 gigabyte games and that yeah. was only 15. And I was like, fine, I'm just going to play Hellblade for a bit. And uh, I don't know, like I 
I don't know if that's a good game or not. Like the cinematics are amazing, but I don't like playing Hellblade. Like it is frustrating the puzzles and stuff. You're supposed to like, I don't know if you guys have ever played it, but you have to like align your vision to like a rune. Like, so there's like a rune in the trees kind of thing and you have to like figure it out. And that is so frustrating. I spend so many times going on YouTube videos to like, where am I supposed to stand and where am I supposed to look so I can get to the next part so I can actually like advance the story. And so I'm hoping that the game will be a little bit easier to play or funner, more fun to play than um, than it was currently. And I don't know. I love Ninja Theory. And so uh, I, I love all of their games. But that, unfortunately, is probably my least favorite. Oh, of all no. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, go ahead. I, I just got to grab something at the door. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> the only thing so, that I want to talk So there is uh, a rumor that I read, and I don't know if it's going to be true, but it. Um, I hope it's true, is that the Microsoft got such a good response on Hi-Fi Rush being a stealth release that they're going to look to do another stealth release, and this is supposedly a double fine game that will be stealth released on that day. Oh, wow. Um, so that is a rumor that I saw pass and go, uh, and I just want to believe it. I don't know if this is true or not, but I just want, generally want to believe it. Number one, I like double fine games in general because they're very high concept uh, games and not terribly long. But I, you know, like I feel like it's it's a just great buzz f- in general. Like, oh, sweet, a game that is just talked about now. No one heard anything about it, and we all got to play it that day. I like that element. I like that a lot. I can't stand when when devs announce something like three four like yeah the, the example that i always think of is um final fantasy 7 remake like they announced that at oh my gosh at uh e3 and then they not they every year for like four years they came back and they're like yeah we're still working on that game i'm like don't tell me about it until it's done yeah wait until it's done i don't care if it ships that day but you know who did, who did this really well was, and, and I know that people didn't love the game, but when Fallout 4 came out, uh, Todd Howard gets on, on the screen or on, on the stage and he's like, we've got Fallout 4. And by the way, uh, it's releasing in three months. And if you want to play something in the meantime, here's that little mobile game that we have for you to mess around with. Like, that's how you do an announcement. You... You, you rip that Band-Aid off and you say, and and guess what? You're going to be playing this game in a couple of months. I love yeah. that. Uh, it makes me think of the GTA years. 6 thing, like the GTA 6 trailer. I'm like, oh, this looks pretty cool and stuff. And then they're like, it'll be released when your kid's done with college. It's so crazy. So I remember um, uh, there was like a stealth um, pre-order announcement for the playstation 3 at gamestop there was like a little ad and i was like why is no one talking about this so i went there on the day and there was just like me and four other people and the only reason i got there was because the xbox 360 pre-order was such a debacle like you if mm. you did not get a pre-order from gamestop you were waiting to get an xbox 360 just because stock of that took so long to get so i was like i'm not waiting on anything i'm just gonna go and pre-order a ps3 and i remember being there in 2005 or whatever 2006 and there was a dude online, and I was like, what are you getting a PS3 for? He's like, oh, I'm getting it for Gran Turismo 5. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> I think you can wait a little. And I think it came out in, like, 2009 or 2010, so, like, four years wow. after the launch. And I'm like, goodness gracious, dude. Like, you didn't need to be there day one to pre-order, especially when it was $600. Yeah. Like, that was uh, that was pretty terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wasn't getting it for, um, what is it, Attack the, the Crab? 
Shoot, I forgot oh, the meme now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Massive damage or whatever. <laughs> yeah, what Massive damage. I got I, I played Could Resistance you? of Men and I was like, this is not good at all. Yeah. What was that shooter that was like supposed to be um the Halo is that it? Re- Resistance? Resistance no. of Men. There's also Haze. Haze has a guy. It was, like, it was a one word title, and I think it was like Bullet Storm or Oh yeah. Bullet, Bullet Storm. Storm was, that was good. Yeah. It was a good game. Yeah, but, but that was a PS3 exclusive, right? It was like one of the launch games? No. I played it on 360. Resistance of Men was a, a PS3 lo- uh, exclusive. Killzone. Haze was a first Might person. Might have been Killzone. Yeah. Uh, oh, Killzone. So I... Uh, <laughs> Killzone 2, there's actually a, a small little thing here. I, I always ha- I hate to go on these digressions, but uh, Killzone 2, there was no, a period doesn't. of time that um, uh, I was making a YouTube channel where I was just going to um, why it's garbage. That's it was just like mm. a totally negative series. I had to end Killzone it. Killzone because... Two is a good game. So uh, Killzone Two was good, but it, it like controlled like garbage because latency because it's uh, forward deferred renderer. Yeah, it, that forward mm-hmm. deferred renderer was like I mean you would press right and like fucking you would feel how long it took to yeah. move right. And yeah. um, uh, the game looked amazing though, it looked absolutely amazing. But I I like just drilled into everything that was bad in that game in a, in like a review, and I ended it with like I pulled up the box and I was like uh, best game ever official playstation magazine i was like that's like saying you know great game love mom and uh people didn't like that at all <laughs> uh, but yeah i did that for a lot of other games i did like five or six series of that and i was like this is just too negative i'm not gonna do this yeah anymore. yeah <laughs> i that's wanted fair. to love resistance and kill zone a lot but yeah i couldn't get into the controls for either of those yeah i never, I never played, played resistance a, i never had but... a ps3 but I enjoyed Killzone 2. And this was after like Gears of War. Gears of War, I think 2 had come out by then. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'd, I'd enjoyed some Xbox 360 shooters. And I was still like, oh, yeah, this is fun. I like this. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so we've got the Xbox Developer Direct. Um, every year, there's a Nintendo Direct in February. Nothing's been announced yet. But do you guys think we get the next Switch announced in February? So or are they going to wait till June? Uh, I don't know. I, for me, I feel like it would be better for February because uh, the Switch released in March of 2017. So mm-hmm. I think a March release date would still be good, but then that's still too early. So I don't think they can wait till June for uh, a holiday launch, but maybe they can. Um, I think that they have to get it out there. But um, there were some people talking and other people mentioning that a lot of people are mentioning the word Super Switch. Uh, so people are just generally calling it Super Switch now, um, and that's entirely due to me. So you're all welcome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, nobody else ever had a Super Nintendo. Nobody else ever came up with this idea of the Super Nintendo Switch. It's all carry. It's uh, it's all carry. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, thanks, The Rock, or whatever that guy's name is in that movie where it sings "You're Welcome." Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess. I guess we're going to end on Carrie's uh, grandstanding. And uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Carrie, <laughs> what video are you going to shock the world with uh, this week? Oh, nothing really. I just released uh, the INEO slide video, which took a lot out of me. I started a new job, so just getting through it. There were some new things that I did there that I was really happy with. There was like an animation on uh, temps and stuff, um, animation on power use. And I really, really like that. So I'm still trying to work that out for some other stuff to try to get ahead of that. The only thing that I have coming up, I'm going to be taking a look at SteamOS on like a 7840HS NUC, as well as um, the King Kong 3 Gilly Kit. Uh, King Kong 3 controller, which is just an iteration improvement on that. So I don't really have much in the works right now. Um, I'm still sounds kind of, like a lot to me. 
I still have mm-hmm. the Steam Deck OLED uh, thing burning in the background, so I have that update coming in February. Uh, but uh, that's it for me right now. What about you, Russ? What's uh, I know you got your CES roundup that you just posted <coughs> yesterday, which was really yeah. awesome. What else? Uh, so I'm kind of a blank slate right now. I was actually coming into the studio this morning to just kind of figure out what I want to work on. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just kind of in that post-holiday period for me. And so... Um, I might do a Miu Mini Plus guide, you know, like I've, I've got all these scattered like, oh, here's an update and all this kind of stuff. But I don't have like a, hey, here's a one video you need if you buy this device. And uh, so I don't know. I just might do that. Have some fun getting back to my roots and do an old guide. You couldn't have that done when I bought my Miu Mini Plus. <laughs> no, I had to go sorry. to all of your different guides and set yeah, it up. See, and now you're going to make it easy. <laughs> Russ, the people want to know if Chrono Trigger is going to make it into your top 15, top 10 SNES games when you do that video eventually. Oh, yeah, we'll see. I think it will just because I haven't played through a lot of Super Nintendo games, you yeah. know, like it wasn't a console I owned. And so I don't want to be the guy who like says, oh, this is my favorite game and I've never played it. And so probably just going to be on the list by default. So, yeah, 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 fair enough. Uh, what, what are you working on, Rich? Yeah, so I should have a news roundup out uh by the time this goes live, this podcast goes live, that it should be out by then. Um, and then I'm I'm way behind on reviews. This week has been rough. So yeah, uh, well, the last few weeks have been rough in some ways. So uh, hoping to get those reviews out this week or next week. Awesome. Yep. Um, I uh, put out a video this morning uh, as we record this. It's Monday morning where we're recording this. And uh, it's, it's about the... Um, Wow, I can't even remember now. Oh, the it's Valve it, it, uh, yeah. mods. The, the um, Valve take... and the mods and, and uh, that, that thing that's going on with Capcom, which I thought we would talk about today, but we didn't end up getting to. Yeah. Uh, so check that out. But I also just want to let everybody know that I have a new channel that's all about content creation and like how I sit down and make these videos and all that stuff. Rich has helped me out on the channel a couple of times. So uh, if you guys want to check that out, I'll, I will leave it linked in uh, the description. Or you can just go on YouTube and look for Bill Fairchild and you'll you'll find it there. But thank you guys for hanging out with us. Uh, and I hope that you all enjoy all of the games that you're playing. Let us know what your favorite games are right now. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. See you guys. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.